We are on the Gemara Lamed Hey Mabez 35b3 in the Art Scroll Gemara. We just concluded with a very interesting dispute, a machlokas between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, they have a machlokas about what happens in a situation where, uh, where there is a, a husband passes away without any children, and there should be a situation of chalitza or yibum, but uh, the the wife of the deceased husband is pregnant. Either she's found to be pregnant a little bit later, or she is pregnant. Uh, so what happens in that scenario if the brother-in-law either did chalitza or did yibum, either one? Uh, according to Rabbi Yochanan, and, and again, the, the case is where she's pregnant, and even in a situation where there's a, there's a miscarriage or the baby's an unhealthy baby and dies uh, shortly after birth, um, so in those cases, so really Yibam or Chalitza should take place because they do not have, in the end of the day, they do not have children. But what happens if the Chalitza or Yibam, they take place not after the miscarriage, but really during the pregnancy itself? So Rabbi Yochanan says that it's good. It's completely good. We do not require another Chalitza. We do not require another Yibam if Yibam was already done. Rish Lakish argues and Rish Lakish says that it's not good. And in the last recording... We explained uh, the different reasons behind their dispute, uh, as explained by the Gemara itself. Uh, the Gemara now will continue discussing that dispute and ask questions from our Mishnah, from the implications of our Mishnah. And so the Gemara says as follows: Rabbi Yochanan asks Rish Lakish as follows. It says in our Mishnah, "Ein havlad shel kayama." With regards to the first case of our Mishnah of doing chalitza when she's pregnant. If the, the Mishnah says that if the child is not a viable child, it's not a healthy child, there's a miscarriage, that there are various ramifications to that chalitza. If chalitza is done, just like in general when chalitza is done, uh, so it's like there was a connection made and now they had a separation, so he becomes prohibited to her relatives, she becomes prohibited to his relatives, it's like they have that connection, and... Chalitza is, looks like it's a form of a divorce. So at least on a rabbinic level, we say that somebody who, uh, if a woman did chalitza, so then she is not allowed to marry a Kohen. Just like a divorcee is not allowed to marry a Kohen, so to somebody who did chalitza on a rabbinic level is not allowed to marry a Kohen. And all these rules also apply if chalitza was done while she was pregnant. So Rabbi Yochanan says, Bishlam al-Didid I understand according to me, I am of the opinion that says that Chalitza really does work, even though she's pregnant, but it does work. But according to you, Reish Lakish, you hold that the Chalitza does not work. You would have to do Chalitza again after the miscarriage or after uh, the unhealthy baby uh, passes away. You would then have to do Chalitza. So according to you, the first Chalitza didn't accomplish anything. So why is it that the she is uh, forbidden to marry a Kohen? The Chalitza didn't accomplish anything. So Amalei, Rish Lakish says back to him, no. Really the Chalitza did not work. The Chalitza didn't work and he would have to do a Chalitza again. But this is just a rabbinic uh, prohibition and it's out of stringency. The stringency is that it's true. The chalitza, original chalitza, nothing happened. It wasn't a valid chalitza. But it looks like, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like it's a regular chalitza. That she doesn't have any children. She did not. She did not have any children. She will not have any uh, healthy children. 
And so it looks like it's a, a situation of chalitza. They actually did a chalitza. It happens to be that she did, they did it when she was pregnant. So it didn't work. But from an outsider's perspective, it looks like this is a regular case of chalitza. She's going to go ahead and marry a Kohen. People are going to think, oh, it's permissible for somebody who did a chalitza to marry a Kohen. So it has a stringency because we're concerned from an outsider's perspective. They don't really know. An outsider doesn't know the exact details of the rules. So therefore, we will say that she should also not marry a Kohen. And so that's the, that's the explanation of our mission. Also, that they become forbidden to each other's uh, relatives. Ikadamri, an alternative version, is really asking the question in the opposite direction. You could ask the same question. You could ask the question from the same line in the Mishnah in the opposite direction. And this is the alternative version. Reish Lakish now asks Rabbi Yochanan. The Mishnah says the same exact quote from our Mishnah in Avlad Shalkayama. In a case where uh, the, the wife of the deceased husband is... Uh, is pregnant, but the child is not viable. Who All the various ramifications with regards to Chalitza, that he's forbidden to her relatives, she's forbidden to his relatives, and that she's not allowed to marry a Kohen. That's what the Mishnah says. Rishlaki says, according to me, I understand the mission. The mission makes sense. Because according to me, I hold that the Chalitza did not accomplish anything. So that's why the Mishnah, the only thing the Mishnah states is some of the various ramifications on a rabbinic level that are stringencies because it looks like Chalitza. But the Mishnah did not mention the fact that the Chalitza actually worked. The Mishnah should have said, should have said if the Chalitza actually did work, the Mishnah should have added, in addition to its list, it should have added, and also, we do not require chalitza again. It should have said that. We also, we do not require chalitza again. And because the chalitza actually worked. As long as the mission just says that the chalitza works, so then we know all of the ramifications. We don't even have to mention the list of the ramifications. Right? It could have just said that the chalitza works, you don't have to do chalitza again, and then we know. It's like any other chalitza, where there are, many, there are various ramifications to chalitza, and the same thing would apply here. It wouldn't even have to mention the list. The reason explains Rish Lakish in his question that it mentions the list is to tell us that the list is true. It's a rabbinic stringency because from an outsider's perspective it looks like Chalitza was done. But the Mishnah specifically did not say that the Chalitza worked because the Chalitza doesn't work according to Rish Lakish while she's pregnant. And since the Chalitza doesn't work, we require Chalitza again. And that's why it's not mentioned in our Mishnah. The Mishnah does not say the Chalitza works. So how will Rabbi Yochanan respond to that? Rabbi Yochanan says the Chalitza does work. So Amr Lai, Rabbi Yochanan says to Rish Lakish, Enochanami. He says, you're right. You're right. I'll, this is the explanation. The reason why it just discusses the fact that she's uh, forbidden to uh, marry a Kohen is really because it's playing off the first case. What was the first case? The first case was where they did Chalitza when she was pregnant, but it was a healthy child. It was a completely healthy child where there's a total exemption from Yibam or Chalitza. You didn't even have to do Yibam or Chalitza because... They have a child. There was a child from the first marriage. It happened to be after the husband passed away, but there is a child from the first marriage. And so the Mishnah there says, the Mishnah do- cannot say in that situation that the Chalitza uh, is not a good Chalitza. It's not about whether the Chalitza is good or not. There's no, there's no option for a Chalitza. Uh, the, we, there's no mitzvah of a Chalitza. They had a child. But what the Mishnah does mention, and what the Mishnah has to mention, is the fact that the various ramifications of a Chalitza do not apply. You might have thought that they do apply because they went through the motions of Chalitza. While she was pregnant. In the end of the day, we find out that the chalitza is meaningless because it uh, they had a child. They had a child from the first marriage, a healthy child from the first marriage. 
So the chalitza was meaningless. But you might have thought that still, maybe we should make a rabbinic prohibition because it looked like chalitza. At the time of the chalitza, who knew? No one really knew whether there was a, the, a mitzvah to do chalitza. So that's why the Mishnah says, in the first case, that no, it's, we, we won't have a rabbinic stringency. We'll say that they're allowed to marry each other's relatives. They had no real connection. She's allowed to marry a Kohen. The chalitza is meaningless, even on a rabbinic level. So once the first case discusses those ramifications, so explains Rabbi Yochanan, therefore, the, 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 when it discusses the second case, the case where the child is, there is a miscarriage, uh, the baby's not healthy, so then in that case, it discusses the same exact examples. Uh, and so that's why the Mishnah focuses on that, because it's really parallel to the first case. Uh, but in truth, if we didn't have the first case, says Rabbi Yochanan, the Mishnah really should, should say, and it would have said, uh, that the chalitza is really a good chalitza. So Rabbi Yochanan defends his position uh, against Reish Lakish. So again, Reish Lakish is of the opinion that the chalitza does um, does not work at the time if she's pregnant, even if the, even if it's a miscarriage and there is a mitzvah of chalitza, they would have to do chalitza again. Uh, and Rabbi Yochanan says that no, it really is a good chalitza. Now we have a similar back and forth, but now it's based on the second half of the Mishnah. The second half of the Mishnah discusses what happens if you do yibum. You do yibum at the time of uh, while she's still pregnant, and then she has a miscarriage, so they do not have a child from the first marriage. Is the yibum a good yibum or not? Again, the same dispute. Rabbi Yochanan says it is a good yibum. Uh, Rish Lakish says it's not a good yib- yib- not a good yibum, and they would have to do yibum again. So the Gemara says as follows: Eisvei Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan asks Rish Lakish from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, Ein havlad shel kayama. Yikayim. The Mishnah says that if the child is not a viable child, it's not a healthy child. So then he keeps her as his wife. They're allowed to stay. They're allowed to, He keeps her as his wife. That's what the Mishnah says. So Rabbi Yochanan says, "Bishlam According to me, I understand. According to my position, that says that the chalitz and the yibum was really good. That's why it says yikayim. That they're allowed to remain married because they were married. They even worked. Now they're married. They're allowed to remain married. According to you, the Mishnah should have said not just that they're allowed to remain married, but it should have said that they have to do yibam again. They have to have bia. They have to have. There's a requirement for them to have a marital relations again. What, what yibam is? Uh, they should do yibam again. And if they do Yibam again, uh, so then they are married. But until then, according to you, Reish Lakish, the Yibam originally did not count, and they're not married yet. So the fact that the Mishnah says Yikayim, that they're allowed to stay married, is a proof to me, says Rabbi Elchanan, that the Yibam was really a good Yibam. So Reish Lakish defends his position to that question. He says, Ma Yikayim, when the Mishnah says that they're allowed to remain married, what does that really mean? Reish Lakish explains, Yachzor v'yibol v'yikayim. It means, when it says Yikayim, that they're allowed to remain married, what that means is really they have to have marital relations again. And then they can keep the, the uh, they can remain married uh, as a husband and wife. Because without uh, having marital relations, so then uh, they're not really viewed, it's still the, it's it's still a situation of brother-in-law and sister-in-law uh, with a Zika, with, uh, with this requirement to do Yibam. Uh, but the Mishnah is really saying, Yikayim, go ahead and do Yibam. That's according to Rish Lakish, that is exactly what the Mishnah is saying. Go and do, go and do Yibam. And so now we have again an, a different version where it really flips the. Uh, Rish Lakish now asks a question on Rabbi Yochanan for the same exact line of the Mishnah. 
The Mishnah says as follows, If the child is not a viable child, so Yikayim, it uses the word Yikayim, meaning uh, he keeps her as his wife. Rishlakish now says, I understand according to me. I hold that the Chalitza when she's pregnant or the Yibam when she's pregnant is not good. It's not a good Yibam and it's not a good Chalitza. So that's why it says, that's why it says that he keeps her. It's like a command that there's, there's something has to be done. You have to go ahead and do Yibam again. You have to do Yibam again. But according to you, Rabbi Elchanan, it shouldn't say that there's an obligation to stay together, i.e. to do Yibam. According to you, they already did Yibam. So the Mishnah doesn't have to tell us what they want to do. If they want to stay married, let them stay married. If they want to get divorced, get them, they could get divorced. The Mishnah doesn't have to tell us this is what they have to do. They could do whatever they want. They could either stay married, they could get divorced, whatever they want. But the fact, says Rish Lakish, that the Mishnah uses it in a language that it's a commandment, that there's an, ob- there's an obligation here that that you have to do Yibam implies the original Yibam did not work. But according to you, Rabbi Yochanan, you hold that the original Yibam did work. If the original Yibam did work, so then it shouldn't use a le- the language of, of of really an obligation, but you should use a language of, you have the option, you could do whatever you want. Now that you did Yibam, you're married, you could either stay married or you could get divorced. So Rabbi Yochanan says the same answer that we had before in Achanami. You're right, says Rabbi Yochanan. But I did tani reishi yotzi tani nami sefiyikayim, just like the first case in the second half of the Mishnah, right? The first case was a case where he did yibum while she was pregnant, and then it turns out that it was a healthy baby. If it's a healthy baby, so then certainly the yibum does not uh, does not accomplish anything. But the Mishnah says uh, because it was a healthy baby and she had a baby from the first marriage, so therefore the Mishnah says that yotzi that the, he has to leave her, he has to leave her even really without without a get without a divorce document. Uh, because they weren't allowed to do, they weren't allowed to do yibum. It was a prohibition. But the point is that he has to leave her. So since the, that first case in the second half of the mission says he has to leave her, so then the second case also says that they're allowed to remain together. It's in contrast to the first case, uh, and that's why it says yikayim. It uses the language they could stay together because the first case says you have to leave. The second case is saying you could stay, you should stay. So it's really in contrast to uh, to the first case. Okay, that's all with regards to the analysis of the Mishnah and the two different lines in the Mishnah. The Gemara now records a different brisa, and they have a challenge to Rabbi Yochanan from a different brisa. Mesave. It says in the following brisa, from the time the brisa is from the times of the Mishnah, Akones is Vintovinintis Muberes, Hare Zulu Lotinase Tsarasa Shemaye Vlad Ben Kayama. So the Mishnah says as follows. Uh, similar to our Mishnah, the, sorry, the Bryce says as follows, similar to our Mishnah, where uh, there's a the one the sister in law is pregnant uh, after after the husband passed away without any children, so there's this mitzvah of Yibam and she's and she's pregnant. But now the question is they did they did Yibam while she was pregnant. The brother in law and sister in law they did Yibam while she was pregnant, and the question is, what should the co wife? Let's say the husband was married to two women. The the deceased husband was married to two women, one of them was pregnant, the other one wasn't. Uh, the brother in law did Yibam with the sister-in-law who was pregnant. The question is, what about the co-wife? What's the status with the co-wife? Again, in general, if you do yibum to one, so then the other one is allowed to marry whoever she wants. She's she's exempt totally from doing anything, from yibum, from doing chalitza. She's totally exempt. She can marry whoever she wants. 
But in this case, where Yibam was done to the to the to the co-wife who was pregnant, we say that the Sarasa, the, co- the other co-wife who was not pregnant, should not marry anybody that she wants because, and the Bryce says because maybe the child is a healthy child. So the says, child is a healthy child. Adraba, if the child is a healthy child, Kavavla ben Kayama Mifterat Sarasa. If the child is a healthy child, so then certainly it should exempt the co-wife. If the child is a healthy child, that means that the original marriage, at least the, the, the husband, has a child. The husband has a child. As long as the husband has a child from one of his wives, so then that's a total exemption of Yibam or Chalitza. And then certainly the co-wife who is not pregnant could marry whoever she wants. There's absolutely no mitzvah to do Yibam or Chalitza. The child is a healthy child. So the Gemara says, oh, we might have to change the language of the Brisa. Ela'ima, Shem Vlad ben Kayama. Must be that the Brisa really meant, there was a typo, and the Brisa really meant that the Tzara cannot marry whoever she wants because maybe the child is not a healthy child. If the baby is not a healthy ba- child, whatever the case is, miscarriage or, or the baby passes, is not healthy and passes away uh, shortly after birth. Um, so in the child is not really viewed as a continuation of the original marriage. In that case, we will say that even if though they did Yibam, so still the co-wife is not allowed to marry whoever she wants. Who does that follow? Seemingly, that follows Reish Lakish. That, only explained, that can only be explained according to Reish Lakish because Reish Lakish says the Yibam, while she's pregnant, has no halachic significance. At least on a, on, a, on a real biblical level, it has no halachic significance. And so therefore the co-wife who didn't do Yibam, should not be allowed to marry whoever she wants. She still has an obligation to do Yibam or Chalitza. Uh, that fits according to Reish Lakish. It does not fit according to Rabbi Yochanan. According to Rabbi Yochanan, who holds that really it is a good Yibam, so then certainly the co-wife should be able to marry whoever she wants. So that's exactly what the Gemara says. If you really hold that like Rabbi Yochanan, that the Biyah at the time when she's pregnant is a good Biyah, it is a good Yibam, so then let the co-wife, the one who didn't do Yibam, she's totally exempt. After the Yibam was done, she can marry whoever she wants. Against our Brisa. So Rabbi Yochanan seems to be against our Brisa. So Abaye answers as follows. Very interesting answer of Abaye. Abaye answers, I'm Rabaye. Bebiya kule amalo pligi de lo patrak. He pligi bechalitza. Rabbi Yochanan sabra chalitza mubarash me chalitza vebiyaz mubarash lo shmei biya. Rishlaka sabra biyaz mubarash lo shmei biya vechalitza mubarash lo shmei chalitza. He really changes, Abaye now in this answer changes everything. He says the dispute between Rabbi Yochan and Rish Lakish, according to Abaye, is only with regards to the Chalitza when she's pregnant. According to Rabbi Yochanan, the Chalitza works when she's pregnant. According to Rish Lakish, the Chalitza does not work. But everybody agrees that Yibam does work. The Yibam, sorry, that Yibam does not work. Uh, the, everyone agrees. Even Rabbi Yochanan agrees that Yibam does not work. Why? He hoped, because as explained by Tosvos, the Yibam wouldn't work because let's say you did Yibam while she's pregnant. Well, that means you're doing an act which has a likelihood of being not just not a mitzvah, because there might be a healthy baby, but it would be even an iser. It would be a prohibition, because if they have a baby, that means it's a brother and sister-in-law outside the context of Yibam. That's a prohibition. A brother-in-law cannot have uh, relations with his sister-in-law. It's outside the context of Yibam. And so therefore... Uh, it should really be, uh, uh, even Rabbi Yochanan says that the Yibam, even if you did Yibam, it would not work. Only Chalitza could work, but Yibam would not work because it could lead to, no one would tell you to do Yibam. You could do Chalitza. Chalitza is not, it has no potential for an Avera. But doing Yibam has a potential for an Avera, so 
we say don't do yibum. So that's the opinion of Abaya. Abaya has a very interesting explanation where he says that everyone agrees that to do bia, to do yibum when she's pregnant, is a prohibition. is does not work, uh, but because it could lead to a prohibition. Uh, but the chalitza is the, really the dispute. So we'll just see the challenge of Rava, and then we'll conclude. Amalei Rava, Rava says that Abaya manasha. Rava says, what are you talking about? How could you say such a thing? Ebs mubaris may be a chalitza mubaris may chalitza. Vbs mubaris losh may be a chalitza mubaris nami losh may chalitza. Rava says the back to Abaya, we never find such a case. If you could do Yibam, you're allowed to do Chalitza. If you cannot do Yibam, you cannot do Chalitza. The two go hand in hand. Because we say, the Hakaimalan, to call Olo Yibam, Olo Chalitza, Vachosh, Eno Olo Yibam, Eno Olo Chalitza. Rava says to Abaye, you've created a situation where when she's pregnant, you can do Chalitza, but you can't do Yibam. But we have a general rule that if you can do Yibam, you can do Chalitza. If you can't do Yibam, you can't do Chalitza. The two go hand in hand. And so he rejects Abaye. Uh, so then Rava, as we'll see in the next recording, uh, Rava has to give his own explanation uh, to explain for Rabbi Yochanan. But essentially, Abaye explains Rabbi Yochanan to say that uh, Yibam would not work when she's pregnant, and Rava holds that, no, if you hold Chalitza works, so then Yibam should also, should also work. Okay, we'll continue with the next page in next week's recording.